This evening's Dharma talk is titled Without Grasping, and uh, good luck with that. We have to spend a lot of time uh, looking. This is what we do as meditators. We're not trying to meditate to get to some other state, particularly. That's just more spinning around, getting from here, uh, then that falls apart, and then we're right back where we started. But the idea is to see uh, the way in which we grasp, to be aware of when we're rejecting things, um, and to see, insofar as we're able, which is quite difficult, is to see the way in which we turn away, distract ourselves, or ignore. Those are the three poisons. <clears throat> so if you, were to, if you were to see something without grasping, you would just see its uh, elemental nature. Say if we used visual uh, consciousness for just looking at something, looking at a person's face, you would just see the fundamental experience of uh, visual consciousness, just light, just light hitting an object and coming into your uh, visual consciousness. And there'd be no addition, no grasping by uh, naming it, no grasping by rejecting it, no grasping by shutting down. And you might ask, you could ask, you probably would ask, how can ignoring be grasping? So it isn't the active kind of grasping that we think about when we something arises and we attach to it. It is the kind of grasping that uh, where we're uh, attaching to something else. We're attaching to, we're distracting ourselves into something else or something arises and rather than meeting it where it's at, which in its fundamental situation is not separate, instead we're going for some kind of separation. In other words, going away. Maybe a little bit more difficult to proceed. Sitting down facing the wall, looking at the wall, looking at, uh, at how uh, the mind comes and goes, how the thoughts come and go, and how we uh, how we understand or see our grasping mind attaching to this, uh, detaching from that. The, the attaching is the obvious grasping, and the detaching is uh, more subtle. It's uh, grasping at uh, wanting to be rid of something still grasping. So without grasping, in any of the sense fields, including the mind, there, there may be form uh, appearing there, but it would not have uh, a particular description, story, or elaboration. It would just be that. And the, the way it's uh, talked about in the teachings uh, is uh, Yogacara uh, teachings is, uh, it would be perception only. So the, the subject-object dynamic that is uh, that we take kind of take for granted there, excuse me, that we take for granted there and we uh, grasp at is uh, it's just perception only. It's just the perception. And even saying just perception only is a little extra, but we have to do something. Your, your, uh, your understanding of that, you could call it your experience of that, may not cause you to immediately jump into some kind of description like, well, the, well, oh my, I just think I was in perception only there for a moment. You may not uh, see it. You won't see it. You probably won't see it. And that's because you're doing it all the time. So difficult to point that out. It's difficult to uh, point to something that is already the case and then ask someone or suggest to someone that they see what is already the case, uh, see through their uh, preconceptions, their ideas or hopes and fears about any given thing. This takes some time. 
This is why we have a spiritual path. It's why we have a discipline where we sit down, hold still, train the mind to see clearly by watching what's moving and uh, without adding to it, attaching, without grasping, without any kind of grasping. It's called the middle way. Quite often when people practice, they want some kind of uh, of a um, progress report or something uh, to, to know uh, I've been spending all this time facing the wall, I've been spending all of this time studying the various texts, the sutras, the Diamond Sutra, Heart Sutra, the Lanka, and we still feel uh, difficulty, still feel suffering, still feel agitation, maybe some anxiety, um, maybe some, to use all of those different kinds of words describing uh, negativity, some uh, depression. And so the idea there is to just look at those, just look when something, rather than trying not to do something or trying to do more of something else, the idea is to just see what it is fundamentally at that at that uh, time or that instant. We're trapped by the relative speech and that we, many times we, if we understand something and we want to point to something or understand something or convey something, that seems to transcend the relative situation, then uh, we still have to use a relative language and words in order to, to be able to convey that. So we're, we're in Traverse, uh, as some of you know, um, on business. And so... A couple um, questions. Okay. The first one from Junshu. Yes. Uh, let's see. She asks, can there be grasping without a grasper? There's always grasping without a grasper. We just impute. Uh, when there is grasping, uh, there, there really isn't any a grasper other than the one that we impute or that is created out of the, the incredible uh, fecundity or spontaneous energy of, uh, of, of, of life. So that that grasping could happen and just the grasping alone just just to grasp is not a problem so we're always going to grasp i'm grasping a coffee cup seems to be the fixation that we where we get in trouble when, when we create more uh, difficulty and more uh, disease uh, becomes more comfortable or uncomfortable so it seems to be necessary to to observe uh, the grasping, and then you can, if you're sitting and you're working with this uh, teaching of uh, perception only, you could flash on that, flash on the object that's being grasped, and then flash on the, the, the so-called or imputed identity of someone who's grasping, some solid being. And again, obviously, you have hands, uh, the, just to reach for something is uh, brings it into a, a materialistic, uh, it gives it a, a, an ontological or materialistic status of I'm here, here's my hand, I'm reaching for this. So we, we're because of our materialism or our grasping at a solid uh, um, um, existence, uh, everything else tends to get sucked down into that vortex of me, 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 me and my stuff, me and my feelings, me and my emotions and so on. So the grasping uh, may go on. The example I often use for interior aggression against oneself is, I say, drop, uh, uh, drop one fist. In other words, don't don't fight with the the negativity that's arising. Is we're fighting with it, and so when the negativity is arising and we see that we're fighting with it, 
than to just um, take some energy away from that fight is like dropping one fist and you still have the momentum of this going on so it may have some circularity to it and uh, so this is where uh, seems to be necessary to just allow something to play out and watch what it does. If you're just observing, you'll notice that nothing nothing lasts. So if you're just observing, you're not doing anything with it, it tends to collapse. But if you're doing something with it because you're pumping energy into it by not wanting it or by wanting it or by shutting down on it, you set up a dynamic that is very polarized and very uh, warlike. So I would say yes. Um. Shoto has a question. He asks, how does grasping show up in senses besides the mind? The, the grasping shows up uh, in what we refer to as the mind, and the mind is aligned, uh, the sixth, sixth consciousness, using Yogacara 8 consciousness uh, 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 metaphor or, or structure. Uh, the, the first five are the ones that are basically on receive. And then the mind, uh, uh, the, fifth, the sixth consciousness, along with the seventh and eighth, mixes it up with those and, and uh, coordinates that in such a way uh, that the, 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 the consciousness that is perceiving uh, an odor and the consciousness that is perceiving touch and the consciousness that is perceiving sight are all the same. Uh, they're different aspects of one consciousness, and that one consciousness is... Um, imputed or imagined to be a solid ongoing being that needs protection, needs advancement, uh, needs needs, and ties into wanting things to be different than they are, wanting some more of one thing, less of another thing. Um, Andrew, down at the uh, Battle Creek has a two-part question. Yes. Uh, first, what brings us to the cushion if not grasping at increased awareness and then secondly, is increased awareness a fine goal and the only issue is fixation on it? So the increased aware awareness is always uh, just what it is. So uh, it's even though I talk about strengthening awareness or increasing awareness, uh, fundamentally awareness is just that. What happens, it gets clouded over by passion, aggression, ignorance, uh, grasping something else. You can't actually grasp uh, uh, what you actually are, because that's the, the fundamental situ situation is to grasp something else that you call me. So you're grasping at, a, at an identity that uh, is not uh, real. So, other part of the question. Was, is increased awareness a fine goal, and the only issue is fixation on it? So we use the idea of increased awareness, and as I've said before, it's, the awareness is always just the awareness. It's just this. And it, what gets, what happens is we're working on the, the overlay, the, the ignorance, the cloudiness of it that is based on hope and fear and is not particularly relaxed. It wants something else instead of being aligned with or right with whatever is happening. So and I'm not sure what, when you say fine goal, do you mean proper goal, or is this a really good goal? Is that in, he has it in quotations, the word fine. Fine, rather than rough. Yeah. Okay. It also could be fine. It could be. Yeah. But it's not, because I, I know Andrew wouldn't be that tricky. Um, what? Uh, Shoka has a question. Oh, did I answer Andrew? <laughs> oh, are you done? Oh. I didn't think I was quite through with this yet. You go right ahead. What was it? Is 
increased awareness a fine goal and the only issue is fixation? That's a two-part uh, question and I'm going to give a one-part response. Yes, you can work out the details. <laughs> so interesting thing here, that's a good one because I could say yes to that and I can say no to that and I can, I can, and I can support either one. When I say support, I'm not a logician. I'm not a. I don't argue with people particularly well. A few people maybe, but uh, I, I don't. I don't have a. a I'm not a, uh, in love with that response particularly. Therefore, it can be either way. Go ahead. Shoka's question. Is he? Have he a question? actually he has two. He had one, and then he. I want the last one first. Okay, the last one first. Is devotion to the teacher a form of grasping or fixation? What do you think? Can you hear his question? Say it again. Is he in, in another world? <laughs> <laughs> is devotion to the teacher a form of grasping or fixation? Yes and no. <laughs> She's just snuck Depends out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> what? If you're looking to get something out of the situation, even if you don't realize that that's what you're doing, then yes. You say it loud. I can't repeat it. I can't remember what you said. Um, yesterday, what you said in the talk that was really helpful. What was that? We were talking about devotion. And before I asked you about the two veils or the two obstructions to yeah. knowing, mm -hmm. and you said emotions and conceptual knowledge. And then you said devotion is emotion. And to me, the way that came out is a devotion is a way to work with emotions of passion, aggression, and ignorance, but you meet it with the same. So in a way, it is grasping, but it is also a way to see through grasping. Energy of the heart. It's not bad. Now, do you want his first question? Sure. Uh, Shoka's first question was, how does the student-teacher relationship help us see grasping? <clears throat> so I think there's a, uh, just by putting yourself, your self-centered mind that wants something else, wants enlightenment or wants fame or wants to be a monk, putting that person, that, who you are, in front of uh, a representative of the Buddhist teachings um, makes it difficult for you to uh, walk the path and turn yourself into some kind of a charlatan that you actually, uh, through the help of the teaching person, uh, the teacher, the guru, whatever title you want to give that person, keep, keeps you from, uh, from getting too full of yourself. As, uh, as we were just talking earlier about Marpa, the translator, who with Melarepa had him build a house over here out of stone, and then as soon as he got it built, he says, no, I don't want it there. Take it all down and build it over there. I'll take it all down and build it over there. This, uh, I don't know how many times they did that, either seven times or nine times or something. And it's the idea of, uh, of uh, I don't think necessarily that Marco was trying to torture his student, but he saw the, the intense uh, fixation and confusion that uh, Milarepa was dealing with. And apparently, and I'm speculating here because I don't know, but apparently thought that he just needed to have some really strong disappointments happen at the hands of his teacher so that he could, so that he... He's asked him to be his teacher, so he's functioning as a teacher. So uh, he, uh, he begins to teach, uh, and how does he teach? He meets him where he's at. He meets him right in the middle of his own personal ego jungle. And if a teacher can't do that, then a teacher can't do that. For If you're comfortable around your teacher all the time, you better look for another teacher. 
Uh, Junju has another question down in Battle Creek. Um, she asks, what is the difference between grasping and attachment? Well, the attachment, uh, the grasping seems to have a motion to it or implies some kind of uh, reaching out and, uh, and, uh, and attaching. And the attachment seems to have some kind of maybe more stable, uh, like, like an opinion is kind of a frozen grasping. So you would have, you, you can't stand to not know whoever you are. And so you lock down on something uh, and grasp at it and then you freeze it and it becomes fixation. And this is not something we do necessarily deliberately. We do it out of fear, possibly out of hope, but the other side of the hope is the fear part. We're afraid. So when you, to come back to the, what was asked about the teaching situation, that you, you don't want a, you don't want a teacher that's just going to um, protect you too much from what you need to see. So it's interesting that without, without grasping, to use the, the title of this uh, particular talk, um, I could say a little bit more than that. This, without grasping, whatever, uh, whatever the sense uh, consciousness that's operating, we won't know exactly what it is. The ego doesn't like that, so it will quickly come up with something, think of something, invent something. It will, it will, it will spin. If it's uh, uh, almost any of the sense consciousness and find some kind of spinning instead of Instead of the, just a state of not, not doing anything with it, not knowing anything, and not, not insisting on some kind of a name or some kind of a description or some kind of an evaluation about whether, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. So um, Shoto had a question, but I think it, it was similar to maybe June Shu's one. Um, okay. He asks, when does grasping become fix fixation? Well, you could probably talk... Uh, you could probably talk about it different ways, but it's it's that kind of a situation where we where we just we're fixed we fixed and we no longer investigate. Uh, if you come to any conclusion, I sometimes say don't I say include as some kind of an activity or attitude, but don't conclude. And obviously, maybe not so obviously, but it looks obviously we're going to conclude things just spontaneously. We we're driving along and we in a, in a we see something moving in front of our vehicle. Uh, could be a deer or something like that. We we don't we come to a conclusion right away about that. So we're not saying that not saying you would never do that. It's just that having an attitude of including as much as possible seems to be helpful. Um, if you're concluding something uh, with the motivation to get somewhere, or be somebody, or or support yourself, or move yourself into some kind of a higher level of being or understanding or even towards uh, awakening than uh, Buddhahood, then when you conclude things, like if you conclude that you're awake, which occasionally I have people sit in front of me and tell me they're awake. Why is that funny? It just seems funny. It is. It's quite funny. I never laugh, though. Well, there's that one time I laughed at that one person. Awakening is not a conclusion. It's not even an inclusion. It's not separate. And uh, not separate is actually saying too much about it. But since I'm sitting here and there's a, the Buddha sitting over here, the example of the Buddha, and there are Buddhist students here and apparently on there, and I'm functioning as a, a teacher, then, um, then that's what I'm going to say. This con conclusion about anything does this, because you stop looking at that. This is why it's called Buddhism. Buddha comes from the root word bud, 
Sanskrit, which means awake, as far as I know, unless some, some history is, uh, have some of that history off. As far as I know, that's fairly close. And so, if you're awake, then if there's awakening, if there's awareness there, then it probably isn't going to be many conclusions. Another question from Shodo, um, is knowing concluding? You mean like when you say no, 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 that kind of knowing? No, 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 don't do that. That? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Andrew has another question. Shoot. He asks, is grasping solely in the seventh consciousness? The, the, the motivation or the, the wish for something else is in the seventh consciousness. Uh, the actual activity involves all, uh, all the consciousnesses. It can. It, it, isn't, it isn't separate from, uh, uh, from uh, touch, necessarily. It isn't separate uh, from the sixth, and it isn't separate from the eighth. So all of those are included, and uh, tangentially, possibly in the sense of uh, hearing or smelling may, may be involved in there a little bit. But basically the sixth, seventh, and eighth are the, the ones, just like, uh, excuse me, just like the skandhas function the same way, sometimes more in one area than another. A little bit earlier today, you had said that you don't, you're not concerned about results. <laughs> Could you say something about what that means? Yeah, again, that's, it's quite humorous to be uh, to be uh, to be working with cause and effect all the time, and yet not, but and be really engrossed. I'm trying to respond to your question. Be really engrossed in it and really looking at all of that, but but know that any any kind of an outcome is extra in terms of. Uh, Imputing something or grasping at something—it's—it's it's a. Um, there's, there, there's not a word for this, and they've—they've they've come up with all kinds of words for it. One of the words they come up with is bliss, because it's just—it's just a, a deep kind of a, a calm that—that that is not separating itself. This does not mean that the, the person who has an understanding or has has some kind of a connection, you could say, with this, which. Uh, not exactly a connection. It doesn't mean that there isn't positive, negative, neutral going every which way all the time. It's just that there's no one home. So therefore there's just this. So there's a, there's kind of a, uh, <laughs> you don't want anything else. You just want, if you, if you want anything, you just want this. And, and yet this is always changing. So you don't want something else. Even though it's presented, even though it's discussed, a topic we were discussing earlier is just humorous. It's just funny. Not not so much ha-ha funny, but like cause and effect are no longer separate from each other. The equality of sameness and difference of Sandokai teaching and all of the teachings in the Buddhism are... It's just like when the teaching of no self is there because people are attached to a, to a self. But actually, there there's a self. What is that self? What is that? Buddha nature. <clears throat> Could you say how it differs from what we would... Think of yes. normally as a self. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't want anything. Is it? Uh, does it have a locality? Everywhere, it's it's bloke might be localized in a form, but it's so temporary. It's not. There isn't anywhere that it isn't at. It doesn't. I'm not saying it's in uh, <coughs> Houston, and there's there's you know some in there, and there's some in it's not that kind of locality, but it's uh, it's you know, like the alligator in the kitchen. I'm using that kind of idea. It's just, it's everywhere. It's in every kitchen. If you, if you, I'm happy to go into that deeper, but there has to be a question that, 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 uh, takes, 
takes us into that in a deeper way, not just uh, over there, is it over there, over there, is it here, is it there? Go ahead. That's a pretty good statement. Andrew's question, um, there's grasping in the eighth. Uh, <laughs> is that a statement? Okay. There's grasping in the well, eighth. He has a question mark at the end. Oh, oh he has a question mark, okay. Um, to use the metaphor of the eighth, the eighth there, there is no, uh, the, 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 there's just, uh, it's, there's just um, vasanas, or there's just, to you, you know, these, these concepts are only going to go so far. Uh, but no, there's not grasping. The, the grasping situation is, well, it's in my hand if I reach for the coffee cup. And it's, uh, it's in my uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth, because the eighth is not separate from any of this. So the eighth is always receiving the perfume, or I should say cologne, from the sixth, seventh, and all the other senses, everything is always uh, flowing up to that, and then things, if they're triggered, are flowing back down. But it's not a matter of uh, um, of uh, grabbing something or fixating on something. It's just the way the structure. It's it's just the nature of a dependent origination. And then the, when the eighth, when the seventh consciousness is uh, continue to stretch this metaphor, when it when it no longer is uh, wants something else. Then uh, it's been said that there's a turning around, turning about in the basis of consciousness, the Ali Vijnana, uh, where there's uh, the, the, the Ali is emptied. It doesn't mean the Ali is emptied. It's just no longer a separate situation. I need to study French. Yeah. Shoto's question, um, is there identification with the self you're describing? So, uh, speaking of uh, Buddha nature, is that what... There's no identification. You don't, you don't think of yourself as identifying with anything. Go then. Language, it seems, is a, it's a symbol for what you're trying to describe. And as soon as you go into the language or the symbol of what you're talking about, you've left the situation. So how can you use language to encourage looking at the situation without distracting from it more? That's what I uh, try to do. Do the best I can, like using the sutras, using the like sandokai, the equality of sameness and difference. It's it's pointing at, it's using a relative construct to point at the ultimate. So all you can do is uh, use the teachings to point that direction. And uh, sometimes uh, meeting someone, um, depending on what they ask you, what they say, how they relate to you, uh, if if they if they. If they don't really relate to you as a teacher and they're they're um, pretending on some level, I'm not saying they're deliberately being deceptive, but they're. I know about this because I did it. I did it with my, I did it with both of my teachers, and and I and I got I got the message back. It was very uncomfortable to know that someone could see what you're doing. On the other hand, maybe that's uh, how the teaching ha uh, needs to function. So we just, in my situation, I, I talk a lot. So I, a couple times a week, uh, of course, I spent 30 years not talking, not particularly teaching. Even when I did a meditation interview back uh, 30 years ago, which I was doing back then, I still was very careful not to overstep, you could say, my position as a meditation instructor. I might make some suggestions if someone had a lot of difficulty. I would say, maybe you need to talk to Rinpoche or 
try to, even if I had some insight into it, I wouldn't do much in that area. So it's about practicing uh, the two ways, stretching the two wings of the bird, stretching the awareness so you have some intuition happening and stretching the conceptual mind so you have a, an intellectual grasp of what you're starting to see. As I said uh, a few days ago, and uh, Chazan and I have talked a little bit about this recently, uh, um, if, if you see what this is uh, before you're ready for it, it can be uh, it can be very, very difficult unless you really work with some of the grasping on a really fundamental level where you're grasping at something and grasping at something and grasping at something. And you, you work with that fundamentally. Because if you're hiding out from that when the, 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 the big samadhi comes along and suddenly you're, you're dumped into reality uh, with all of your, your passion, aggression, ignorance, and your hopes and fears all banging into each other, that could be very... Um, you know, it might sound very, um, um, very seductive to hear uh, you can actually function with no self. You, and, and you can function and not know where you're at, what you're doing, who you are, and what a building is. Uh, just the name only rises when you need to have a name. And the rest of the time, uh, you're uh, in an open dimension of being that is without self, without other. Sometimes it's called uh, nothing happens. Sometimes it's called suchness. Even though there's motion, if there's no separation, then the, this motion compared to, to everything else is uh, motionless. So, I think we were talking about might be a good idea to go slow. Yes. Um, Shoto wants to know what what's a self without identity. Oh, Shoto. <laughs> Let's see. So it's the same thing as identity without a self. I mean, it's different. But, but, but I might get a better answer there. No, I'm not going to get it. It's the best I can do. Seto wants to know why French? Mm, uh, because then I'd be able to study uh, existentialism in its original. Uh, I could read uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. I could read uh, Albert Camus. And I could see what they really were saying instead of what the translators think they were saying. No, actually, I'm just... Seto, you already know. And she has a smiley face. Yeah, she's not. A grin. I, you know, I could have said almost anything. French is nice. I have a French student. Perhaps she's watching. Yes. Junchu asks, um, how do we work with seeing that we want something else and then not wanting that? In other words, not wanting to want something else. Yeah, it's not about changing that. It's not about, it's, it's only about the awareness. It's about awakening to, to that. And that tends to have stages or layers or Something, uh, something. I don't know how it would work with everyone, but uh, the way it worked here is the closer I uh, tended to get to some kind of deep understanding about it, the less I knew about what was happening. And I, and instead of going backwards and trying to grasp at concepts that would support what it was apparently showing up in front of me, I just said, uh, I don't know if I said it. I just, I'm just going to go on without it. I don't need a compass. I don't need, I don't need a, uh, I don't need a GPS. Uh, I don't need any, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. And so, and, but how that feels to ego as well, then you're not going to get anywhere because you're not going to know where you're going. You're just, just, you've wasted all this time and here you are going to wander off into the uh, swamp or the other image <laughs> metaphor that's probably more specific is you're going to, here's the cliff, not jump. And as has been said before, and I'll say again, because it's a wonderful metaphor. Yes, you do fall. You just don't land. Don't land anywhere. There is there is no ground to this. It's an open dimension of being, it's, which is 
was was uh, Herbert Gunther back in the '60s and '70s. Uh, that's the way he described uh, awakening. Andrew asks, um, "How is giving up grasping?" <clears throat> well, uh, giving up, uh, giving up. Uh, translates into some kind of uh, someone who's given given up. And so it's a form of grasping on an identity of wanting to be one who has given up. So, yeah, good question. Yes? He has another question. How do we connect the intellect and the insight? You don't have to connect, uh, connect them. They're not separate. But we need to train, need to train separately. Train over here for the intellect, train over here. At some point, the, the intuition and the, and the thinking process uh, get along wonderfully well. Sometimes you're thinking, sometimes you're just awareness, sometimes there's an open dimension, sometimes everything shuts down, but there's no one who is either, either enhanced by it or threatened by it. And if there is someone who's threatened, you see it's unreal. If you have thoughts of paranoia, you see they're unreal. But you don't try to stop or you don't make assumptions, oh, I'm having thoughts of paranoia. Maybe, maybe I'm not as clear as I thought I was. So that's the tricky part. You know what I'm saying? Yes. What's the difference between observing thoughts and thinking? Same thing. Keep coming. That's good. Actually, my response was good. So what's the difference okay. between observing thoughts and... I don't know. Well, that's hard. Oh, isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> there is nothing to... Nothing to say about that, is there? You're not separate. This is the thing that's so uh, uh, a common thing is mind-blowing or, or outrageous about the truth is it's completely ordinary. And it's so ordinary that you, you can't do anything with it. And so therefore you're just, uh, it's like you're just flat-footed. And even though you're a, a runner, not to. Can you be thinking without knowing you're thinking? We do that all the time. Thinking, not thinking, thinking, now I'm thinking that I'm not thinking. I'm thinking that I'm thinking I'm not thinking, but I'm still thinking. And then there was that one time when I, I thought I wasn't thinking, and I actually wasn't thinking. But then I thought about it, and then I just screwed it all up, and I didn't get any credit. It was disappointing. One after another. Disappointing, 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 disappointing. Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Yes. Oh, are we, are we at the end of our preliminary hearing? <laughs> yes. If, if we've spent a long time ignoring incessant thinking, and then there's awareness of thinking, and it seems like the thinking is getting more pronounced, mm -hmm. how can you work with thinking when it's relentless? The, the, it's getting more pronounced just means you're more and more aware of how much of that's been going on. So it's not doing thinking, not doing anything. It's just thinking. And then the awareness gets really, really clear about all of that thinking process. Thinking it's like a wheels on a saltine cracker box. I mean, why would you put wheels on a cracker box? But so, we do it. We think of we think of things so like I just did. The, the wheels on the saltine cracker box. That vision, it moving. Or what color are the wheels? Red. Green. Too bad for you. <laughs> you mean too bad for you or for me? Yeah, for you. Oh, that's better. Yeah, it is better. For wheels. I would agree. You, you got me there. So if, if the vision's doing whatever it does or yeah. random images, is that thinking? Yes. Any phenomena of consciousness is thinking? No. Phenomena 
in consciousness has a has a, a that kind of component to it. Otherwise, we couldn't make we couldn't make an altar. We couldn't make we couldn't we couldn't move. We couldn't do anything. So we're uh, we're downloaded the, the awareness, the consciousness is downloaded into this form, so that we can learn, so that we can understand what this is, who we are, what this is really about. Any other questions? None online. Well, wonderful. Everybody can go to bed now. We can dedicate them. Let's dedicate the mirror. I won't stand up. I'll sit down. Do you want to do it with Yeah, go ahead. However you want to do it. I'm just going to sit down and do it. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.